Yeah. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the best soccer show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, best soccer show, backheel.com. The return, Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, not live, unfortunately. <clears throat> now that's the problem with doing a 10 o'clock Eastern yeah, show. Yeah, I know, I know. And I'm, I'm cutting in to Jay Rohde. Well, you, you are on, you're, on the, you're on the West Coast, so that's, I always get that confused. I always forget. You don't have... You don't have GOT live right now in your hood. I do because I get the I get the HBO East Coast uh, feed, so oh, it was on right. at six o'clock. But what I d- also have is two kids five and under that I cannot have Game of Thrones on until after they go to bed. Right. So, so you even though you have access to mm-hmm. the same uh, the same timing as the East Coast, when all, where all the people live and where pe- most people watch the show, and therefore we'll spoil it on Twitter, you actually have to wait until the West Coast version or record it, whichever one. Yeah, I, I DVR it right now, and then um, and then uh, just uh, just basically become like a hermit for for two hours, where I avoid everything possible technology wise, and yet still people think they want to send me like fun little messages, uh, trying to spoil things that I hope are fake. I hope it's this whoever this person was that sent me something. I hope it's fake because I really <laughs> hope that what he said didn't happen. I don't want to know. And here's the thing: I don't want to know, even though I am I have a conundrum, I have a problem, Jared. My uh-huh. my problem is that I do not it, where I am, and, and this is not my choice, and I don't think I would want to pay for it anyway. <laughs> even coming out of my pocket, I don't have access to HBO right now. It uh, you know, it it's not on my it's not on my Directv, which means I don't have HBO Go access unless somebody hooks me up or I go I find a way around it, and maybe I will. But I'm saying like it's so. I, what's your what's your what's your downtime going to be before seeing an episode? Then you think. That's a good question. I think my turnaround time is going to be a couple of days at the very least. Because how do you avoid it for a couple of days know. if something like big, like a red wedding happens? I know. I know. I think it's going to be very di- difficult. Well, you know, look, I have never been someone who has been overly concerned about spoilers. I, I still watch because it's still like I'm still going to enjoy it. It's still the the unfolding of the story and everything. That sounds like a person who hasn't been spoiled, though. If you got spoiled, I think you'd feel differently about Winter it. Winter is coming. I forgot I had this. Winter is coming. It's very low. It's Eddard Stark saying... Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Um, yeah, you're right. If I, if I had something seriously spoiled, I might be upset about it. I don't know. But see, this is the thing with Game of Thrones. You got all the people who read the books. And I know they're going off script a little bit. Yeah, that, I heard that. That they're not doing exactly what the books but say. But you know what? Here's the thing. If J.R.R. Martin is famous for like... like he takes forever to get these books out. But don't you think maybe it's a kind of a, a PR thing, like, oh, we're gonna have to go off script because they have the book done. But he's really kind of giving them a draft and what's gonna do happen. The show's release, what's gonna happen in the, in the book? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think like, obviously the guy's heavily involved oh, in the show. What did happened? I tell you my? Did I tell you my? My? Well, I think I figured out what's gonna happen in Game of Thrones overall. No, you did not. Okay. Tell, are you, here's, I, here's the Jay wait, wait, theory on. of what's this, gonna happen in Game is, of Thrones. Wait, wait, hold on. This is this is the Jay Rodius. Crystal ball exclusive? Is that what you're doing here? 
Yeah, I, I okay. think I think that's what this may be. So Game of Thrones, the um, the very first book I believe was called uh, was it was a, it a, Fire and Ice, a Song of like Ice, and, a Song of Ice and Fire. Okay, Song of Ice and Fire, and I think that's also the name of the theme song. And it has that's a constant theme through the whole show: winter, uh, fire, and ice, that oh, kind of stuff. I, I know. Here's here's where I'm going with this. I bet you I'm with you I, on this. By the way, I Go think ahead. the show ends with Mother Dragons, who represents fire, and Jon Snow, who represents ice. Getting together, married, and taking and ruling the the all of Westeros. Something like that is going to happen. Either they are going to collide, and some some bat crazy crap is going to go down, and a lot of people are going to die. Or you're right. Well, even then, they could have that happen, and then still still somehow find a way to come together. Because you obviously have, yeah, you have Darnarius Targaryen with her dragons coming to Westeros. That's mm-hmm. imminent, and you got Jon Snow. Now, what the 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 X factor in all of this? Uh-huh. Is the White Walkers and how they play, what role they play? Those are, those are the, those are the those are C blockers, dude. <laughs> they're, they're, no, they're a White Walkers. They're White Blockers. They are the danger zone. Yeah, they're a little bit like they're a little bit like the C blockers of of Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm stuck here. And maybe what I'll do is, first of all, do not send me tweets and spoil this for me because you think it's funny. Don't do that. That's just wrong. Mm. Don't do it to don't do it to Jared, who's going to be able to watch it here in the next couple of hours. But definitely don't do it to me because I'm going to have to find a way because I don't want to be left out. There's very few things. Look, there are a lot of things that I ignore that pop culture have have brought have brought to the forefront and that people watch in big numbers. And you know that this is the best thing about Twitter is that mm. we get to. This is why sports. No, the worst thing we are on the West Coast, by the way. No, no, I know, I know. But this is the, this is one of the reasons sports and Twitter go together so well. It's because mm-hmm. pe- everybody's watching at the same time and everybody's tweeting at the same time. And it's this giant conversation in this room. And so it's a billion stand-up comedians trying to make jokes. I'm one of them. I admit it. And, and that's why it goes together. When we get to, when we get to these scripted uh, TV shows like Game of Thrones or Mad Men or whatever, people do that too. I'm less interested in that. But I do it for like I, I don't want to be left behind on Game of Thrones. I don't oh care about God, Mad Men. I still have Mad Men to watch tonight. too. I don't too. care about that. I don't care about Mad Men. I'm so I, I'm so far behind on Silicon Mad Valley Man. comes back tonight. That I will watch. That's tonight. Damn, see That's HBO t- hit me in the butt again. I can't. And <sighs> last uh, last uh, word with John Oliver or last week tonight with John Oliver. Yeah, I, mean, know, I mean, there's I mean I, I'm staying up all night and watching TV tonight. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. Uh, maybe you can stay up all night and also process the U.S. Men's National Team roster for the big, the big friendly. Jared, I saw this tweet. I saw some tweet. I don't know who it was. I'm not calling him out because I don't care. It's not even that big of a deal. If you think it's a big time deal, fine. But to call this a big midweek friendly, that this sounds like a contradiction to me. It's a big midweek cash grab. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Is it, it 100% about shoving a game in the middle of a, of the season for both countries? Outside of the FIFA date, so mm-hmm. they can fill up six. They can fill up sixty five thousand seats at the Alamo Dome and make some cash. That's what this is about. Yeah, it's totally what it's about. And and, and uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's roster kind of reinforces that. Obviously, he's not going to bring in the big guns from Europe. It, it reads kind of like a camp cupcake, camp, well, camp cupcake roster. First of all, first of all, are there big guns in Europe? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, <laughs> you, you could bring Guzan in, I guess. Okay, well, Guzan might be counted as Eric a, Johansson. a big gun. Eric Johansson. Jeff Cameron is a gun of some type. I would like to see Rubio Rubin in a game, uh, okay. a lineup like this. He won't not, be there, but it's not a gun. Not a big gun. He's like uh, he's like a water pistol I, right I would, now. You said Fabian Johnson? Did you say Fabian no, Johnson? No, I did not, but he counts as a big gun, absolutely. So there are a couple of names out there. Timmy Chandler, in and out whatever. Oh, Hunter Bedoya. He's been a pretty big part uh, of the team as true, of late. True, true, and he's been very good for the U.S., so he is a loss. 
not to have in this team. This is also, uh, for Mexico, a lesser than a squad. Let's go over, as we do, this roster. As always, you're going to stop me when you want to talk about somebody. We'll get to who was left out after each of these positional uh, segments. Goalkeepers, Bill Hamid, Nick Romando, William Yarborough. Shaky, whatever. You know, yeah, the only thing to be said here is that this is a first-class troll on Mexico by bringing William Yarbo in. Well, but again, I don't think... And, and yeah, it's easy for Herrera to say, in light of the fact that Yarbo has accepted the U.S. call, that he wasn't going to call him, that there's eight keepers in Mexico who are better. And people do question Yarbo right now, that he has some issues on on, uh, on catching balls, that he doesn't go up 50-50s very strong, that he has issues with crosses. So it's possible Mexico doesn't want him. I don't think it's a troll job. I think that you know he's a talented ish keeper who's available. I mean, I don't know. How I, I think it's just one hundred percent out of Jurgen Klinsmann's playbook. Oh, he could play for the U.S. Get him in. Yeah, that's get what him. It get is. him signed up. Get that him is. in a place where he's ours forever. Yeah. I mean, he's done a very good job of that. Yes, absolutely. Defenders. Uh, here you go, Ventura Alvarado, a player that that Herrera might actually want. Matt yeah. Beasler from Sporting Kansas City. Brad Evans listed listed as a defender. Obviously, we know he was shifted to a fullback position under Jurgen Klinsmann. He's been playing center back for the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, like like Frank Underwood, he goes both ways. And he got he got beat on a uh, he got beat on a ball in the air tonight against the LA Galaxy that led to a goal. So there's that. Uh, mm. Greg Garza from Cubs. Yeah, but you should never have Brad Evans on Omar Gonzalez in the first no, place. No, absolutely not. So the question is, where's Brad Marshall? We'll get to all of that. Where's Brad Marshall? Or Brad Marshall? Where's Chad, Chad Marshall? Marshall? But also, if you have Chad Marshall, he needs. Is there other other people in that lineup he needs to be marking? Anyway, uh, Greg Garzik from Club Tijuana, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Orozco. Hold on, it's it's tradition. I can't. Uh, I didn't have it uh, ready to go. Michael freaking Orozco Fiscal. Brecken Shea from Orlando City and DeAndre Yedlin. And the only thing I'll say here that's interesting for me is, okay, Alvarado, who may or may not turn into a quality U.S. international, but could be a little bit more of a troll job than you think William Yarborough is. Um, could be. But I, I think also has earned it. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin just made his Spurs debut on the weekend, his first ever time in the English Premier League after, what, a couple of months settling in there in London. Yeah. And and they're releasing him in the middle of the week to fly across the Atlantic and play in a game in Texas and then fly back. I mean, I don't know. Like, Jurgen Klinsmann must have some serious pull at Tottenham. That's all I'm going to say. It feels that way. If I mean, if you figure out what happened in J- January, same thing happened. He got there pretty quickly within a, a couple of weeks back in the U.S. for Camp Cupcake. And now uh, this kind of action right here. But at the end of the day, is he going to get better minutes and better experience playing for a reserve side midweek for Tottenham or playing against Mexico in front of 60,000 people? Yeah, but it's the travel. He's it's missing the travel. Tra- I know you're coming he from. He is missing first team training time. If he had a chance to maybe break in and get more minutes for Spurs, and they lost that game on I don't. I don't think, but listen, with Kyle Walker in front of him, I mean, it, it's, it, it seems to me a better thing for him. I, listen, I, I want him there. It's great if he gets the, for him to get that experience, but I kind of get it at the same time. Get this guy ready for big-time English atmospheres by putting him in front of 60,000 people yeah. in a competitive environment. Yeah. But you're right, the travel. Yeah, Midfielders, uh, Kyle Beckerman, uh, the rock back there, uh, Michael Bradley, Joe Corona, Mix Discarude, Miguel Ibarra, and Lee Wynn is back in the team, and actually that deserves just another, coming. another one of those. 
Uh, so anything that, here? That'd be obviously between the defenders and midfielders. Now, three of the names that people kind of were like, "Hmm," that weren't in the last roster are already in. That being Omar Gonzalez, and that's more because there's been so much lack of success with domestic center backs over the last probably four or five months. Anyway, then not have Omar in there was kind of questionable. Whether he's earned a spot back, I mean, that's personal preference. And then Kyle Beckerman and Joe Corona. Yeah. I know I brought up Joe Corona last time around. You know, and say playing well, playing well for Cholos right now, and getting uh, some good, some good minutes. Nice to see him back in. And this may be a kind of thing where Mexican club player bringing in for a Mexican club national team game. There might be something about uh, maybe guys that know that the, these guys better, or even the style of play better. I I, I skipped. I, we we moved past from defenders. It's my fault, and I didn't mention a name. And I keep doing this. I'm gonna bang this drum until the damn uh, the damn lid falls off. Matt Hedges. Where's Matt Hedges? Nah, we let up four goals against Colorado, but the things don't look so good. He didn't good. play in that game. Oh, he didn't play that one? No, he didn't play oh, in that okay. game. So well, in that case, maybe he's hurt. That's why he's not well, on the roster. Well, that's very possible. All right, so uh, in terms of the midfielders, again, you've got Kyle Beckerman. He's your... He's, he's like, we, we know Klinsman trusts him. He's the guy who allows who has allowed Michael Bradley to be more of a box-to-box slash creative player, whatever. I still think Michael Bradley needs to be sitting deeper but that's uh, a story for a different day because well, we here's the thing so you got Kyle Beckman Michael Bradley mixed this group Joe Corona Lee Wynn all these guys are fairly central midfielders yeah yeah, yeah. where are you going to get wing play well, and which one of these guys which of these guys are going to get the start in the middle Michael Bradley you know he's there yeah he's there I, I think that we might see uh, we might see Michael and mix but uh, against Mexico in a game that Here's we'll get to, maybe we can get the approach for Klinsman here after we do finish the roster because I think that's obviously going to dictate who starts next to Michael Bradley. Miguel Ibarra is certainly a wing option. Whether he's a starter against Mexico, even in a midweek friendly, I don't know. Uh, you have Breck Shea who obviously can push forward and play on the wing if asked to. You didn't have to play left back. You've got Greg Garza in this team. You can start Garza at left back and Breck Shea in the midfield. Uh, your forwards, Juan Agudelo. Return to the team for him. Julian Green, again. Jordan mm. Jordan Morris from Stanford University. Mm. Chris Wondolowski. Womp womp. Jassy Zardis. Why no Josie Altador? Because he is suspended for this game based on his red card uh, against the Swiss. Oh, for some reason, I think with friendlies, they just kind of throw that out the window. No, they still carry him through. Daniel's on the line from Atlanta. What's up, Daniel? What's up, guys? What are y'all talking about? We're talking about the roster. You got thoughts on the roster? Uh, yeah. We should probably why, preface that uh, we're not live tonight, oh. so Daniel calling in by the good grace that he, that he is, it doesn't hear what we're talking oh, yeah, this about is, before calling this in. Is, these are like helicopter phone or parachute phone calls. Like we have, He has absolutely no idea what we're talking about right this moment, so I'm completely okay with this awkward, uh, uh, <laughs> Daniel, you can talk, we can get to whatever you actually actually called for in a second, but if you have roster thoughts, throw them in there. Uh yeah, uh, why why the Brad Evans call is what I want to know. Why is Brad Evans a call a call up? That's a good question. Yeah, I think I think for the same reason what you didn't hear us talking about before you got on is that a lot of central midfielders um are being brought into this camp. Ask yourself where's the width going to come from? I think you may need a duct tape kind of guy like Brad Evans that can play a number of different positions, and maybe that's why he's in here. But the bigger question of why Brad Evans is, do we really think he's going to be in place 
in the next World Cup no, cycle. No, of course. And, and we That's know that, the real real question of why we, Brad we, Evans. We know Klinsman doesn't think along those lines uh, enough. I mean, he has been experimental. He's been too experimental. But at the same time, we know there are guys he's holding on to that probably shouldn't be in this team. And I guess, Daniel, the question I'll ask for you, and I'll let my, my mental wheels spin here to, as well as Jared, who would you replace Brad Evans with? Robbie Rogers. Okay. Dan, you got a name? Daniel. If he hadn't chosen Guam, I would have said AJ. Okay, but that's because oh. you're that's because you're a Galaxy Homer, Daniel. <laughs> He's in Atlanta. <laughs> no, but he is a Galaxy Homer. He is oh, a okay. huge Galaxy Homer. I know this. Daniel and I um, go way back on his Galaxy Homerism. Um, honestly, honestly, I think, um, yeah, Robbie. Not to be biased I, I, or anything, but Robbie would be a really good. Uh, what do you call of uh, well, now? Here, let me throw the same reasons as Evans. That's why I'm saying it, by the way. Not that Robbie Rogers is the best fullback in the league, but if you want a guy like Brad Evans that actually has a chance of being in the next World Cup cycle, Robbie Rogers gives you similar okay. fullback midfield let, kind let of me, depth. Let me throw out a name for you. Kofi Sarkoti. Love me some Kofi Sarkoti. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. I don't know what you just did to his name, but it definitely couldn't come out said right. Kofi Sarkoti. You said Kofi Sarkoti. I did not. Like that. Go rewind the tape. So rewind the tape and send Jason Davis I a wish tweet. I would do that. Uh, and Dan- I would also throw Chris Tierney in there. Uh, okay, but th- I like Chris Tier- Tierney. I think he's a good player. He's obviously got a, a wicked left foot, but I don't know if this is his time and that's the guy that you turn to. Now, uh, in terms of Brad Evans or Chris Tierney, that's a, that's a toss-up for me. That's what we're talking about, yeah. though. Okay, how, that's fair enough. How about how about someone like, like Ike Opara? Uh, well, Ike Opara just got oh. hurt, oh. by the way. Oh. You think, you think Mark Gonzalez makes you nervous at international level? I no. mean, a couple a, six good games to start the season does not make me feel better about Ike Opara. No, but Ike Opara has always been an incredibly talented player. That has had you know issues with injuries. Daniel, guess what? What you get to host a show with uh, with me for the next like three minutes while I try to get the call back because I completely lost <laughs> Jared Dubois. Yeah, that, that that's what just happened. So why don't you? Okay, so you gave us your thoughts on this uh, Brad Evans situation. Did you call for that or did you call for your Galaxy? I wanted to call about the Galaxy, dude. All right, well, okay, they get a one nothing win over the Seattle Sounders. Uh, we just kind of while we were talking about the roster, we just kind of identified um, the issue of having Brad Evans try to mark Omar Gonzalez on a set piece. That obviously didn't work out for them. How would you make of that performance with no Robbie Keane? No Robbie Keane. I mean, they got the job done, but the thing was, it was too much uh, play through the defense. Too too many passes from Seattle towards Ova. Um, and then, like, the defense, they just wouldn't close in. It, luckily for, for JP, if he hadn't stood on his head, we would have got scored on a couple times during those games, you know, during yeah. those uh, shots. Yeah, we're talking a little Galaxy. I got Jared back. Apologies for that. Um, we're talking a little Galaxy, Jared, and, and Daniel's thoughts on that win tonight. Yeah, that's uh, he did the work for me then because, I mean, uh, I'm sure he's going to get my Galaxies back on that one. But I think if we're going to go skip to this for a moment, then I, I think Seattle for good chunks of the game were the better team. I think L.A. would in there with a very, um, I'll say, um, uh, I don't say pessimistic, but a very realist approach. I mean, missing Robbie Keane, not having Villarreal ready to start. Uh, I think it was a good um, decision by Bruce Arena to go and get the smart three points if they could. Yeah, it was. Look, it was that was a classic Bruce game. If he doesn't have all hands on deck, it was. Yeah. It, it was. We're gonna play this in this uh, this sort of restrictive. I mean, obviously, look, Janino wasn't great. Some issues there. You needed Jaime yeah. Pinedo. 
you needed Jaime Pinedo to make 10 saves or something like that. It was yeah. uh, it was obviously a big night for him. He was required many times. Oba Femi Martins was super frustrated. He uh, needed a partner. I mean, you see the loss of the, how hard it is for him because I, how many different times when he would get the ball to the Gauss, he swarmed two, even three defenders at him and say, let everyone else beat us. And they, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. So I think what you saw was the help came way too slow when Oba Femi Martins got the ball and he's missing that little guy, that guy to combine with. And that being said, Lamar Nagel got into a lot of dangerous positions he did. and he they, did. Just, they just couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. And I'll also say, I thought the Galaxy youngster Rafael Garcia had a really good game tonight. I, thought, I really liked what I saw from him. Yeah. But one thing, if I let you go, Daniel, the, the thing I, I did catch at one point, Oba Femi Martins, the shot went right to Pinedo, so it was kind of a wasted effort. But at one point, he had this, this amazing little half-deek full turn at the top of the box before he hit a shot right at Pinedo. I don't know if there's another guy in MLS who can pull that off. It's, it's fantastic to watch Martins play sometimes. Mm-hmm. Daniel, yeah. Daniel, i got to let you go, man. All right, no All problem. Right. Uh, can I go. just say one last thing? Well, yeah. One last thing. Yeah. Um, the, obviously, you know, this is just a meaningless friendly for money, but, you know, he just called up these players because obviously he can't call up a full squad. And so I just hope that, you know, the U.S. gets to win on, on Wednesday, and I'll talk to you guys later. All right, there goes Daniel. Tyler in Virginia is on the line. What's up, Tyler? What's going on, man? How are you guys doing tonight? All right, so we're talking. We're taking parachute calls tonight because we're not live, so you have no idea what, what we've covered already. What's on your mind? I uh, just wanted to come and uh, you know talk about uh, the uh, roster. I guess that's right. probably one of the uh, right. Well, points. so why don't you uh, why don't you hold on there while I wrap up? We wrap up the uh, discussion of the forwards, and then you can jump in with your thoughts on the roster, Jared. We, I, I went through them. Juan Aguadelo comes back as you as I told you because Josie Altidore is. Uh, is eliminated through that red card that he picked up against Switzerland. Julian Green, I'm going to conti- I'm going to continue to say that I don't get this until he's playing. I guess he needs time. He's already a senior player. You've already capped him at the, at that level. You've already put that crown on him. Fine, whatever. Jordan Morris again. And here's I, I saw this from Donnie on Twitter before we came on the show. Uh, Jared, he said, "Can we please stop talking about Klinsman's thing about players challenging themselves in Europe when he's calling up?" An NESL player in Miguel Ibarra and a college, college player, player yeah. in Jordan Morris. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Stop with this nonsense. Tyler. That, 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 that goes back to the thing. Is, do you believe Jurgen Klinsmann is trolling MLS with his call-ups? He's trolling everybody with everything. He just, uh, he just trolls, trolls. That's all he does. He, wake up, he wakes up. He rolls out of bed. He trolls. He goes How to does work, he get that he helicopter trolls. under that bridge? I, I know. It's crazy. Tyler, what's, uh, what's on your mind with this roster? Um, well, uh, I think one of the things that I was most surprised about was uh, the inclusion of Brad Davis. Um, you mean Brad? You mean you mean Brad Evans? And yes, yeah, yeah, you were yeah, the. Sorry. We've had we've had two callers on this show, and the one thing they want to talk about with this roster is why Brad Evans is in this team, Jared. I think we've got a theme going on here. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it because I mean he's definitely. I mean we all acknowledge that in MLS he has not been one of the top. Uh, central defenders, and he, I mean, as far as the right-back options go, he's not really that that solid out there either. So, I mean, uh, I mean, he's, and he's done a great job for the U.S. in the past. He scored, uh, you know, scored some good goals. Um, but at the same time, that just kind of boggles the mind a little bit. And then, but just to shift on what you guys were saying earlier about um, Miguel Ibarra and uh, Jordan Morris, I think part of the soccer, you know, culture and the way things work here in the United States makes it so um, those two guys in particular, it's possible, you know what I mean, that these guys are good enough to play at the MLS level. I think we can acknowledge that. But at the same time, um, 
they're both playing, you know, a little bit further down. You have a guy like, uh, for example, Kevin Molino, who yeah. is going very well in MLS, in my opinion. He's been playing in USL for the past few years, you know what I mean? So you can have, I think you can have these guys that are doing well at, you know, in the lower divisions and, you know, still... Sure. No, no. The, the, but, but again, but again, the, the, the argument for Klinsman, talk about cha- players challenging themselves and that you're going to lose something with Bradley and Dempsey when they come back to MLS, that argument falls apart when, as the national team head coach, you decide it's worth calling up, whether it's Mexico and, and midweek outside of the window or not, you call up guys like Jordan Morris and Miguel Ibarra. I'm not saying that they're not good enough. I think Miguel Ibarra has shown me something. I'm, I'm interested to see him. I think Jordan Morris is super, super raw, and I, that one is a little bit harder to, to stomach because he's still playing college soccer. But again, it's, it, you can't say on one hand, we need our American players to be challenging themselves and then give roster spots to guys who, who, haven't, yeah, even, you know, who haven't even gotten to the top level in this country. Yeah. I think well, Julian Green is the more perplexing one. I mean, do we know? Do we know is, is he age eligible to play in the U twenty World Cup? Is that, or is he cat? Or is he like? Did he play like in the UEFA competition? There would be no national team conflict issues. It's just a matter of I don't know what his age is and when, what what year he's going to turn, what age. But um, but either you're clear to play for a national team or you're not. So if he could play in a World Cup, he can definitely play for a a, a youth a youth team. Oh yeah, he would be. A, I don't know. Again, it's age eligible. He turns twenty on June sixth, so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what the cutoff is on that. Yeah. But to go back to the Brad Evans thing for a second, let's have a quick little fun game with this. And I'm going to give you a couple names. I want you to tell me every time which one you would take, okay? Brad Evans okay. or... Uh, uh, Jason, I don't want to battle back and forth. You know? Hold on, wait. Is this, is this an official pick your poison or are you just throwing this out? Yeah, it's actually it's a rapid fire pick your poison. I haven't gotten to hit that button in a while. I like to use these things, Jared. Go ahead. Okay. And by the way, have you noticed there's been a lot more Bill Beldevo poison just in, in, in my world lately? Really? I don't know why I'm hearing it a lot. Like the next generation of like, I got 20 year old kids at my work that listen to, I, I'll hear poison on the dock. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, maybe, that's, maybe that just shows the longevity of not trusting big butts in a well, smile. I was going to say, maybe they're all subscribed to my, uh, to, to my, <laughs> to my New Jack Swing playlist on Spotify. Which is, it was one of the best playlists. I only use pretty much a couple playlists. <laughs> I use your New Jack Swing. I use my I'm funk good. one. Yeah. And there's like one other one that we, that we use. We should put those public though. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to play rapid fire, pick your poison. It's, it's, yeah. Rapid fire, pick your poison. Okay. Right. And I want you to give me your, your choice between these two. All right. Brad Evans. Yeah. Or Tony Beltran. Brad Evans. Okay. <clears throat> Brad Evans or Jaleel Anibaba. Brad Evans. Okay. Brad Evans or Kofi Sarkoti. Kofi Sarkoti. Definitely. Yeah. Brad Evans or Sean Franklin. Brad Evans. I okay. that was a little tougher. I mean, I look. I like Sean Franklin. He obviously had a, a down year, and he's been playing well since being in DC uh, in DC yeah. with United. But I, I just don't. I don't think he's that level. I don't think, again, what you said about Brad Evans is the key here. He is versatile. It's not just that he can play, just that he's a, a smart player and a decent player. It's that he can play right back and center back and midfield if you need him to. And, yeah. and, and those are, he might not do those at, at the international level that you want to be taking to the World Cup and starting in a game, but he can yeah. do it at a level to get you by. And again, I think if we're going to pick this out, the one player, and I, and I, hate, to hate, on, I hate to hate on the guy because he's obviously been competent and he's been great for Seattle, over the course of the last couple of years. But if you're going to pick out one guy that sort of identifies how meaningless and stupid this game is, it's Brad Evans. You don't call up Brad Evans if this game means something. You don't call 
Brad Evans, if you really care that much about beating Mexico in San Antonio on April 4th, uh, 15th? You just don't. No, I think, I think that's a good shout. I, I think that does kind of speak to it. I did think that it, it, every time I want to just throw Bass, cast Brad Evans aside, I think about how many years past what we thought we would get out of Frankie Hayduck in a very one-off role here or there as the veteran type of guy. Is, is, is Brad Evans Frankie Hayduck? No. But then when I, when I talk about, oh, we need to get him out and we need to concentrate on the next cycle, Frankie Hayduck lasted a cycle and a half yeah. further than probably most people thought he would by yeah. changing up what his role was and just being a figurehead and leader kind of role. Yeah, I mean, and, and Brad Evans. But, but he was not. That's the thing. He came to this team late. Frankie was a bit of a phenom. <clears throat> Frankie actually had... Oh, yeah. Had some early some success in his early twenties, but he was, hung on for a long time. No, but I'm saying that Brad Evans was not a national team fixture until Jurgen Klinsmann decided to pluck him out of relative, sorry, MLS obscurity. Let me give you another name: Brad Evans or Jonathan Spector. Uh, you know, I don't know enough about how Spector's been playing, but I I, I like Spector. I I, I think uh, I think I'm talking duct tape, right? When he's when when Spectre's playing, I think he has that same versatility that Evans offers, but he brings it at a high, at a higher level, closer to what we need on the international stage. All right, fair enough. Tyler's in with his uh, with his thoughts on this. So you anything else, Tyler? Before we move on, uh, no, I think that's about it. Glad you guys are back on the air finally. I know, I know. I appreciate the phone call, man. Bye, right, man. Have a good one. There goes Tyler in Virginia. We'll see if we can get any other parachute calls in tonight uh you know i don't i don't know where you want to go with this in terms of the forwards again agadello i'm glad to see him back i don't know that- I, I wouldn't mind picking a, a, a back I, I wouldn't mind trying to i want to know what your starting lineup is in a four four two. uh okay uh, i'm going to start in this game even though i trust nick Ramondo probably a little bit more i'm going to start bill hamid yeah uh let's see i'm gonna go man i like consistency you uh, hate the I- short man you love no, the short love, man on the field. You hate the I short man love on the goal. Nick Romando. I do. I, I, I think Nick Romando is going to go down as the greatest keeper in the history of MLS. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to, you talked about identifying players for the future and moving forward mm. and guys there for the next cycle. Okay. I, I can Bill, see that. I Bill Hamid. And Bill, listen, if rumors are true, Bill Hamid's auditioning for a few jobs in Europe right now. Well, there's that. And Bill Hamid's going to be the number two in 2018, is he not? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, it seems it seems like the most legit candidate. Right, so I got Bill Hamid there. I'm gonna go with okay. We've got uh, I guess if I got Yedlin in camp, I'm gonna go with Don, DeAndre Yedlin at right back. Uh, go Greg Garza at left back. My mm-hmm. center, my center back pairing. I want to see. This more is the of, hard part for me. I know. I want to see more of Alvarado. Uh, I don't know who the best pairing with with him is, but I'm gonna say Beasler. So I'm gonna leave your boy out. Uh, so that's, no, that's okay. Uh, I know. Uh, so that's uh, Yedlin. Alvarado, Beasler, and Garza in the midfield in a four-four-two. <laughs> um, with man, I mean, with seriously, where is it? I guess I'm starting Breck Shea on the left. Yeah, I, I that's could, what I was thinking. I could probably we could you could probably get away with starting Corona on the right if you wanted to. I mean, he's a yep. central player, but you could get away with starting him on the right. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Mix and Bradley in the middle. Even though I love Lee Wynn, I don't know exactly what his role in that in an American four four two is. And then my forwards are probably Agadello and ugh, Zardis? I don't know. I mean that was not yeah. that was not great either. 
<clears throat> I think um, I, for the back four, I'm going to go same as you. Um, maybe, you know, I'm going to change one thing. Instead of Beezer, I'm going to say Roscoe. I think that's what Klinsman likes. And I also uh, think that there's yeah. something to be said for a guy that plays against these guys all the time. Um, so I'm going to go with and make that change right there. Uh, in the midfield, um, I'm going to go, I agree with you. Um, they put Breck left midfield. Uh, and I'm going to go with Beckerman and Bradley in the center. Control the pace, control the ball, play, take the game, play the game on your terms. Um, and then I'm going to push Mix Discord to a wide role in this. Hey, actually, no, I take it back. I'm, I'm going to bench Mix Discord and put uh, Joe Corono in at right uh, okay. midfield. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like Discord in a wide position. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to change that up a little bit. And then uh, up top, I'm going to go with uh, Agudelo in... Man. <laughs> See? No, I'm going to change this all. Okay. The, I, I, I'm going to change this a little bit. Brexhay, the right midfield is going to be Giassi Zardes, not Corona. Uh, okay, and then you put back. Agudelo and Wondolowski up top. Okay, yeah, that, that's very, that actually might happen. And, and Zardes... <clears throat> Zardis has been known to play on the left and be an inverted player over there. I don't, I yeah. don't know if that's what Klinsman wants to do. Uh, I do think that w- that was my choice. I do think you're right that I think that Beckerman and Bradley are, are likely to be the starting pairing, at least mm-hmm. for the first 45 minutes, because they are the most adept at clogging up the midfield and making things tough on They're Mexico. not going to be intimidated by the atmosphere and no. the occasion. No. Yeah. There. So, so look, you know, obviously this game is Wednesday. 65,000 sellout in San Antonio. It's going to be 90% Mexico fans and 10% U.S. fans. If we're lucky, uh, it's going to be another stage for some of the younger players to kind of get a taste of this. I do think, Jared, and we'll move on in a bit here, but I do think it devalues the rivalry. I, I, I sort of, you know, I sort of wrote something on this last week in which I addressed the fact that the more you do these meaningless friendlies, the less it matters to me. Now, when, mm. when they when the U.S. plays Mexico in a in in a Gold Cup final, okay, that's huge. Obviously, when in the U.S. play Mexico in World Cup qualifying at Azteca at Columbus, of course, that's big. If we you you and I got a taste of that when we went to the last uh, qualifier in 2013. I I don't know what this game does. I don't think it has any fire to it. I'm gonna go a different direction on this, and I'm gonna say that my issue with the U.S. Mexico rivalry right now is that. There's no Mexican player that I just truly hate. I know, like I used I to. I find their I find their their roster kind of vanilla now. I mean, they're just another team. I would say there's there. I I'm more interested in watching the U.S. play other teams in Concacaf, the the Panamas, the Costa Ricas, the Honduras, because there's guys on that team that I just viscerally don't like. And when the U.S. plays them, I just want to see. I don't know. For some reason, it, it brings something out of me. I mean, Toronto was the last was the last guy. That I actually really had an opinion on in in Mexico. Yeah, here's your just. I'm, I'm just going to scan this. Obviously, there's a lot of names here. Some of them you're going to know. Some of them you aren't. Um, you've got uh, uh, Carlos Salcedo's in this team, by the way, uh, formerly of of RSL. Um, mm-hmm. That's a troll. Jurgen, I, mean, I mean, that's a real troll because he trolled RSL. Now he yeah. went to Mexico. Was playing for Mexico's national team. Yeah, he's playing for Guadalajara. Jurgen Dom is an interesting player that I've heard a lot about. I don't know much about him. You got you got Kubo Torres starting, uh, or sorry, Kubo Torres in the Ford pool. Uh, Marco Bueno, Eduardo Herrera. Uh, yeah, in this particular team, that that player, that hated player, does not exist. Now, part of that is because you look at the the ages of these players. There, there aren't a lot of guys that are over the age. But of even with the 25. senior team, there's guys I hate for different reasons. Like I hate like uh, like like Chicharito just because I think he's kind of a douche, you know. But I don't like I or, hate him because like I hated Rafa Marquez because he right. would elbow my team in the yeah. face. Yeah. Well, I put you know? I, I put Rafa Marquez 
in certainly he's the the biggest villain that I can think of. I don't Blanco, think, I'm not, Toronto. Okay, Blanco, Toronto, Luis Hernandez. Okay, yeah, all those guys. Yeah, but see, that's the thing though, and this is what I mean by devaluing the the rivalry. And maybe it's just not possible to keep the heat. Those '90s, those games in the '90s. Those get with the emperor back there from Mexico. It, it, and it, the, it was Pistons versus Knicks. Oh, it was. Like, it was. Yeah, it was. It, you you knew somebody was going to be bloody when the when that game yeah. ended, and and it continued into the two thousands. And you had obviously you had the United States beating Mexico in the knockout rounds of the World Cup in two thousand two. You had all of that. You had the the, the birth of Dos Acero and pushing that you know to an extreme. Uh, you know, and 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 obviously Rafa Marquez was always in those teams, and you had Blanco for a long time, and. Um, you know, they even had, you know, uh, Jared Borgetti. Oh, Jerry Borgetti. Yeah. So th- th- those guys, is it, is it that those guys don't exist? Is it that our players have changed? The generations have changed and we don't have the, the, fo- maybe this is know. the product of actually getting some respect. You know, like the, the, that, those teams in the 90s didn't respect the U.S. and yeah. those teams of the U.S. earned that respect. So that we were playing from a point of, we were playing from behind essentially. Even if the score was ahead, we were still playing from behind emotionally at all times. There was no respect given. And I don't know if there's respect given now, but at least it's not as in our face like we are a lesser class citizen no, in Concacaf you know, the way it was then. That's the thing. Every now and then you'll hear there'll be some quote from Miguel Herrera or from, a former, you know, old coaches who are no longer with the national team, or even from some of these players, certainly the elder statesmen. Every now and then you hear, "Oh, the United States is getting better. They're they're playing more technical football. They're, they're you know, they're obviously not." How do you not like Herrera? Like you look at Lavolpe and you put Herrera next to each other. Like I love me watching me some Herrera. <laughs> I know. I, I it's it's it is odd, and you know, I want to beat them every time. Clearly. But I don't know that I don't know that it's the same anymore, and and that makes me a little sad. Although I think it's maybe just part of the evolution, Jared. And look, Costa Rica right now is the best team in the region. So let's not, I you know, agree with that. let's not let's not act like it's just USA Mexico now and Concacaf until until Costa Rica is knocked off. No, that I'm going to go someplace until Costa Rica shows a consistent ability to do this. They had a great run in the World Cup, but I think they need to win a Gold Cup. They need to like really, really charge for that first place in qualifying. Don't get me wrong. I think they're on the on the precipice of something big, but I don't know that one run in the World Cup we should start just touting them as the best team in Concacaf. Uh, hey, all right, fair enough. Because U.S. Hey, listen, the U.S. had a great run in 2002, but I don't know if we were the best team in Concacaf at that time. We got mm-hmm. to play against Mexico, a team we know very well in that tournament. Yeah. I think we had a great World Cup, but I don't know coming out of that World Cup we were still the best team. I think yeah. Mexico probably is still the best team coming out of that World Cup. Okay, fair enough. All right, so there you go. There's your roster for USA Mexico on Wednesday. I mean, I you know, I'm watching it. Uh, I'm partaking in it. I did a a 50-50 thing for ESPN FC that'll come out probably a couple days ahead of the game. Um I, I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is. It, it's a it's a money grab. It'll be fun for the people who are going down to that game. And I hope the U.S. wins, but it won't mean anything either way. It just it just won't. Um, do you want to talk? Uh, do you want to talk some MLS here? Or do you want to address the yeah. the sad story that you just? Uh, well, that that is MLS. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Right. Real well, quick. let's before we get into any of these results and and what they might mean. Certainly, we've got a couple of interesting things, score lines thrown up that maybe are a little surprising. I think it's a, I think it's necessary to address the likely retirement by because of medical reasons of Eddie Johnson who apparently has an enlarged heart, some issues. I like that. Not only any of that stuff is officially official, but it was reported by Stephen Goff of the Washington Post. He obviously hasn't trained or played this year. It looks like EJ has to hang him up, Jared. I, 
he is this a player that we had a lot of fun with. Yeah, on this show. absolutely. A lot of fun with on both sides. Of it, we have a drop for him. Yeah. You know, Eddie, we we had a lot of fun with EJ. And, and and we, you know, I like it was fun to beat up on Eddie Johnson a little bit because he made himself a target. But that was why I liked Eddie Johnson because yeah. he made himself. He put He's like himself the Kanye West of, of U.S. soccer. He put himself out there. He made himself a, a an interesting person an interesting athlete to cover when we you and i took when you guys you and i sit down in front of this microphone and we want to talk mls yeah we're going to talk about the results and the games and the players that what they did on the field but what you and i lament all the time is that there's uh, just not enough uh, there's just not enough sizzle in the mls star stage. power so- style swag you know whatever you want to call it i mean there's some that's why was that's why i was so happy when breck shea came back but he hasn't been Breck Shea like I remember. And to his credit, that's probably a good thing because he's just been doing it on the field, and that's good probably for Breck Shea at this point in his life. But I miss a gun-touting, like, tank top good dude, you know? Like, I, I, I want some more of that. Now, I, I'm sad to see EJ go from that standpoint. At the same time, I'm glad he's going to do whatever's right for him. But one thing, you know, EJ gets a lot of crap, and we've given him plenty. But we got to remember, in a country where U17 or 18-year-old phenoms burn out every year, Eddie Johnson came on the scene at around 18 years old, shown and lasted through a few World Cup cycles and was always in the conversation at least. He never fizzled the way like some of these guys are where you never hear from him again. No, he he had big, big dips in his yes. career. Uh, he went to Europe. In I non-contract mean, years. He, he, look, he, <laughs> he obviously sort of forced his way out of MLS. He wanted to go to Europe. He got his chance. It didn't go well. He never caught on at Fulham. He went on loan to Cardiff, to Aries, to Preston. He, he did all of these things. He never really did enough anywhere to make people believe he was going to, to live up to his, his potential or live up to what the promise was. And look, that's probably because we put too much on him in the first place, just like we did with Freddie Adu. Uh, he owned some of that. No, of course. And he, look, again, he made his own bed on some of those, uh, on some of that level. But he, and then we remember he came, he, he was, uh, he was in Europe and it wasn't, it wasn't looking like he was going to be able to stick it in Europe. And he had apparently a trial at Puebla. Remember when DeMarcus yeah. Beasley yeah, was down there? Yeah, he couldn't even get picked up. Yeah, and there was uh, a question over uh, over his fitness. And, and that's when he came to Seattle and shined after that. Absolutely. And he made, he did well in Seattle. He scored a bunch of goals for them. 23 goals in 49 appearances for the Seattle that's Sounders. Great. That's a damn good that's strike rate. really, really good. You pay a lot of money for that. And then Eddie, of course, wanted to be paid a lot of money. And he went to D.C. And he got a lot of money. And does my man get paid out? There, uh, I think there's a lot of question over that right now. I think he does have a guaranteed contract, but I think DC is going to get cap relief. I um, hope so, because otherwise that's really going to shoestring them for the foreseeable future. Because that was yeah. probably what a three to four year deal, right? And yeah. He's only played a year and a, a year and a, not even yeah, just a year of that. Yeah. Uh, if you had to guess here, just give me a. I don't think you're looking at this. If you had to guess how many goals Eddie Johnson scored for the U.S. men's national team, and, and hey, that's a story mm-hmm. in and of itself. He he was on it. He was there. He was going to be a star. 2007 Copa America. I remember him playing against Argentina. Uh, and then he disappeared, and, and he gets brought back, and he actually made some serious contributions. Well, I think he had four in his first three games, if I remember correctly, back in the day. I would say Eddie J- Johnson finished up with 27 goals. So you're over, overbidding just a touch. You got to come okay. down. It, he did not crack 20. He got the 19. So that's, mm. But that's still a solid number. 19 goals in 63 <laughs> appearances is what I've got here. So... 
Uh, you know, whether or not that's accurate, I'll go check the other stats in other places. But regardless, he had a pretty damn good national team career for a guy who, again, dropped off the radar for a long time and didn't look like he was going to be a national team or yeah. any consequence. Yeah, so, I mean, good. I, I hope th- good things are ahead for Eddie Johnson. I'm not sure what... Uh, what what the uh, parachute or what the, the what what the, where he's gonna land? You know, like what what what's there for him? Hopefully, he gets paid. You know, and um, hopefully DC doesn't suffer for it. But as in the middle of talking this, I almost snap my fingers because I want to go back real quick. It's something I had an epiphany regarding our last topic during this one. So I apologize, no disrespect <laughs> to EJ, but I got to get this out of my head. Right, my brain right. needs to pee right now. All right, go ahead. So. Talking about what's missing from the USA Mexico rivalry and what I miss about the USA Mexico rivalry. You know what striker's not on this list that needs to be in this list and starting in that game? For us or for them? Alan, for no, Alan Effing Gordon. Oh, that's geez. who needs to be. That's what would make it interesting <laughs> to me again. Well, yeah, if but, you get a bruiser in there that yeah. wants to, nothing more than just elbow Mexicans in the face. Well, okay. I will say this, and it's, it's unfortunate that he got a red card, a stupid red card in Switzerland. Josie Alto will not shy away from from messing with some people if he needs to. I don't think that's an issue. Now, Alan Gordon may be sneakier about it. Alan Gordon might be might be on the down low dirty, but Josie will scrap. Don't act like Josie won't scrap. No, no, but Alan Gordon's a different level scrapper. He's like he's that he he something in him may be Mexican. <laughs> you know what you know what it is about Alan Gordon? Uh when Josie scraps it's because Josie gets frustrated or he's getting manhandled a little bit. Alan Gordon just does it, and then when he gets called on it, he kind of goes, eh. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. That's the most baller move. Yeah, it is a little bit of a baller move. Now, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying from a technical standpoint. I'm not saying from an ability standpoint. I'm not saying if you want the game to win. I'm saying if you want me to watch the game and actually be entertained by it, yeah. put Alan Gordon in front. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, – obviously, that's not going to happen. Uh, he won't be in that game. He did score a goal for the LA Galaxy in a win. Over the uh, Seattle Sounders. Now, I addressed this a little bit with Daniel while you were disconnected, Jared. So we don't have to touch on that game. We can uh, we can move forward. It's a big win for the Galaxy because things hadn't been going great. And when you don't have Robbie Keane in your lineup, it's going to be tough yeah. to score goals. And it, It's tough to get Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane out of what is virtually the same team as last year and take those two big holes, at least two massive holes in there. And uh, LA is uh, close to the bottom on that, but... I maintain that all they need to do is, I've said this from the beginning, if they average 1.5 points per game through June, they're going to be in a good enough position to really do well when Gerard gets here. They're 1.33 right now. I think that they're a little bit behind the pace. They're 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. I think that's pretty good. It's a surprising thing is Seattle Sounders are missing Dempsey a lot more than I thought they would. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dempsey's a huge piece that's gone. But I thought they had better complements of people around them than LA, LA did to start the season. I'm surprised by some of the things that uh, that <laughs> that's going on. What are you, you're taking like a selfie. No one can see this. You're no. taking like a selfie right now. What's no, going it's not, on? It's not a selfie. It's for Instagram. But don't don't worry about it. Follow me on Instagram, okay. Davis JSN. Do you have an Instagram account? Yes. You don't okay. follow me? I think I do. I don't know. I'm not good at. You know, I don't know if I follow you. On I'm Instagram. not good at Instagram. We'll, we'll is there a hole in our? Is there a hole in our relationship? Yeah, I think there is. I think uh, yeah. We we don't have we don't have even connected on Instagram. That's so sad. Um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to these MLS games, I'm going to move past the Galaxy. We're giving them plenty of time. People will start yelling at us. The new rule, the rule I instituted, what, like a month ago, a month and a half ago, whenever, right when the season was getting underway and things weren't going well and teams weren't playing good soccer. What was the rule, Jerry? Zero, zero games we don't talk about. So, so somehow, this is what the problem is now. Because MLS has been throwing up these zero, zero games, 
Four of my favorite teams to I watch. I know. Talk about. I know. That's what I'm saying. So New England, Columbus, Sporting, and RSL all out because they couldn't score a damn goal this weekend. So what? They negated each other. Couldn't. And those couldn't. are the fun teams, man. But yeah. how come they don't want to have fun? And Why don't they just let them put on the goal, man? Have some fun. And New England got back a bunch of guys. Jones came back. And then here's the really messed up part, man. We have to talk about Colorado. I well, co- we should talk about Colorado. They dumped four on FC Dallas. Now FC Dallas didn't have Moro Diaz. Like I said, they didn't play. Uh, they didn't. They didn't start Matt Hedges uh, in the back lines. I don't know what his issue was. But give Colorado. They hadn't scored a goal, Jared. They had scored zero goals. Yeah, and now I'm that, right now though. Watch out for Dominic Bajdi. I thought he had a good pre- preseason. I think that's a kid that could definitely be the Deshaun Brown like light. You know, and they they need that. I mean, by letting Deshaun Brown go, I don't know what caused going on with that. But Dylan Cerner comes on the field and just wallops a great goal late in the game. I, I listen, Colorado. I, I'm not a big fan. I think they got one of my boys in Marcelo Sarvis now. I think that's a huge pickup. Maybe one of the most underrated pickups of the offseason was Pablo Mastroeni going and getting that guy to play the role that Pablo Mastroeni knows very well. I think that's a very, very... I always find that an interesting thing when a player becomes a coach that was a pretty good player. The Ben Olsons, the Mastroeni's, the, uh, the, the Burhalters. Yeah. Who do they go to get to play the position they played? And if you look at it, Ben Olson goes out and gets Perry Kitchen. Great pickup. Great Burhalter goes out and he brings Michael Parkers back from, from England. Great pickup. You know, Jason Christ, I don't know. I mean, he didn't really get a big striker right off the bat. I think initially he had kind of Clint Mathis come back at one point, but he found a striker at least in Saborio out uh, wherever they grabbed him from at the time. But I'm always interested to see this kind of stuff. And Mastroeni, it's going to be a long road ahead. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure if you're Colorado, you don't want to lose to Oscar Pereja's team. Right. No, there's definitely some some you know some history there. I don't know if it's bad blood. I don't know if that's. I mean, Colorado felt that they got done dirty by Oscar Pereja, but I don't know that that is. Something that creates a rivalry, especially considering Colorado hasn't been good yet. But we'll yeah. see. I, I I don't know. I, I think you think you bring up an interesting point about a player, a good player with a long career and was successful in a position, picking somebody to fill that same sort of role. And yeah. I think that that usually means you either go with a veteran that they trust, or they bring through a, a kid who can, they can mold into that same sort of position, the same sort of. Ben Olsen, by the way, Perry Kitchen is is. is Maybe one guy you point to, but Ben played all over the field for DC United back. Nick DeLeon plays the other position he played. Yeah. Actually, you know, I think he played left midfield if I remember correctly when he first came in. It wasn't right midfield. Yes, I believe that's correct. Uh, but it doesn't really matter. He was pushed out wide in the midfield. But it's not even who they. But how does he choose to play? Choose to play those people players. How does they choose to develop those players to play their spot? That's gonna be one of the hardest things as a player to do to come in and play your coach's old position if they were good at it. Yeah. Now, granted, no one's worried about playing goalkeeper on Bruce Arena's teams because it's not like Bruce Arena was a, like a star goalkeeper or anything like that. But for guys that are like that are Jason Christ and Ben Olsen, they come in and play replace the heart of the team at his position, I wouldn't want that job. Yeah. Uh, in terms of this game and this result, I mean, this is just very MLS. And it doesn't – I don't know that the Rapids were as bad as we thought they were. They had thrown up, I think, three clean sheets before this game. So they obviously can play some, some defense. Um, we, I don't know that the FC Dallas was as good as we thought they were. I mean, as I said, they're missing some pieces. They've ha- they're going through it. Yeah, but the piece they missed is one they missed all last season. And they did fine. Amaro Diaz. Uh, you no, know, I realize that that and they're still they still uh, had a good good squad on the on the on the field. And I just think they just failed on a day. And listen, teams are gonna have a bad day here or there. Um, but you know, just to transition a little bit, can I talk about a team that I've been really impressed by so far this season. Yeah, do it. Orlando City. 
Okay. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, if a couple minutes of this season went differently, they may be the top team in the whole league at this point. And, and not only that, they are the Vancouver of the East, the way they play. They play kind of balls out. Anything can happen on both sides. I mean, they can give up a game. They can win a game. I love the way they play. They play a very Latin style. It's a lot of ball on the ground. They're not just playing long ball. You know, if you watch LA Galaxy tonight, it's a, I hate watching that style of play. Just lump it into Alan Gordon and see what happens. They're not playing that way. They're trying to build out of the back. I like that they start using Eric Avila at the right back position. He gets up and down the field well. You got Brekshay up and down the field on the other side. I love what Orlando City's doing. They just need a better finisher up top. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the question is whether or not a guy like Kyle Lahren, who scored uh, in, that, in that win over Portland, is going to be good enough. I mean, I looked at their forward core, and they ha- they've like one guy over the age of 22. And I don't think he's stepped on the field yet. So they're really banking on guys like Kyle Lahren, who's a rookie, to be enough scoring punch in front of Kaka for them to challenge for a playoff spot. Now, they may go into the transfer market in the summer. In fact, I think they should. Because really, as you said, they've been playing pretty well. If they can put that together. And and look, we had Tyler call in and mention Kevin Molino, who's been very good for them. They've got pieces. If they can, if they can find that guy to be the 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 trusted scorer, they really are a challenger in the Eastern Conference. And maybe not just to make the playoffs. Maybe they don't even have to play in a in a playing game. Maybe they are. Maybe they get to buy into the to the tournament proper. I mean, you, you don't know. Yeah, it's tough to, to wait that um, new team early season kind of bump. We know where everything's going well. We'll have to see what this team does when they come across like some real struggle and see how they respond to it. Uh, remember young teams in the past, you think of that New England Revolution team for a year, year or two ago where they had that huge slump. It was just last year when they had that huge slump. And you wonder, how's that young team going to respond? Now, luckily, they had that influx of Jermaine Jones, who, by the way, is still a huge piece of this league missing right now. This no. league is not as fun when Jermaine Jones isn't playing. Yeah, um, the... The East Coast to West Coast trip, though, and the fact that they went out there, and, 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 and Portland is an enigma to me. I don't get Portland right now. I don't get Caleb Porter right now. They had, they showed some signs. I thought Darlington Nagby was, was playing well enough, and they were going to be able to overcome the, the lack of Diego Valeri, but they really need him back pretty man, badly. When a man throws you a tissue, man, it throws you for a loop. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's the issue. Listen, the, the male population on this earth has a long assorted, long assorted like history with tissues. This is one of the dirtier versions of that. Jay Rodius. You know, listen, when a man holds you, hands you a tissue, you wonder what's in that tissue. <laughs> okay, all right, you double down on it. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia gets their first win of the year over New York City uh, FC with a late winning goal. Uh, Jared, uh, Philly has been a sad sack team for a while, and they still may be a sad sack team. I think they're bad new bears, man. They could be the lovable losers that turn it around. You think so? You think they have They could be, them? man. I mean, listen, they may I think they're going to go as far as Arasegeta can take them. That, that to me that is their team right now. I, I don't really I'm not too turned on by anyone else in there. And granted he did not uh did not play in this game, so they did it without him. So uh, a great result, but I think that's one of the only things about that team that really is kind of impressive to me. I think Andrew Wenger, Andrew Wenger in the midfield, I liked him in this game. I don't normally, but I thought he had a good game in this one. Um, Marisa Du playing center back, that's an experiment I hated with the national team, but it's doing pretty well for them yeah. at an MLS level. Well, I don't think they have a choice there. It's interesting the way that, that, that Philadelphia has painted themselves into corners in a couple of different places. One of them is a goalkeeper. They have dropped Ryzen Bully. Apparently he's done. 
Yeah, coach, and by the way, finish. number one draft pick, Andre Blake, still on the bench. Yeah, hurt right now, coming back from surgery. He's on the bench this week. No, I know, but he's not. Apparently, he's not fully 100% fit. They had to, they're dressing him, but McCarthy got the start. Obviously, played well enough to help them win. Uh, Marisa Du in the, in, at center back. Obviously, look, you, you let Amobia Kugo go, you trade him. You obviously mm-hmm. have a hole you got to fill. Um, I, I don't. You look at this particular team, and yeah, they won this game. But you consider the, what they've got on the field, and I just don't... Okay, Shannon Williams, I like. Ray Gaddis has been really good for them. I like him, too. The Edu, okay, good, decent center back. Vittoria, okay, the back line, not not terrible. I don't know if it's above MLS average, but it's I like Vittoria. I've, I've liked what I've seen from him this okay. season. Lahoud in the midfield, I'm, I'm sorry, not good enough. Uh, no, yeah. Noguera's pretty good, I suppose. Not that. Game to game. Okay. Game to game. Andrew Wenger, not getting it done for me. Zach Pfeffer, still got to show me something else, a different level. I, I, I was excited to hear him come through. I, I, I'm glad he's playing for them, but he's got a different level. Ayuk, I like. Ayuk, I like a lot. And then Sebastian Latou is just not a leading striker in this league. He's not. And he's got hurt in this game. He's seen him crash to the boards and get blood everywhere. I, you know, Sebastian Latou, I'm trying to think what his equivalent is. Uh, bootleg Valderrama? I, I don't, no, it, it, no, it's, no, not, that's not right. I'm just. What's the, what am I trying to think uh, he here? Like, is, he is a poor. Oh man, he's like a. a oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Precky, his last couple of years. Maybe, maybe that's where you go. He's dangerous enough that he kind of has to be on the field. But is he necessary? Is he always? Is he ever holding you back and you leave him on the field just because he's Latou? Uh sometimes I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where Precky was towards the end. Like he was good enough. That's like, man, you kind of had. You didn't really have other options. But is he going to be able to go both ways? Now, granted, when they're playing with a striker, he doesn't have to too much. But he doesn't look like he was the special the two of a few years ago. And obviously, the guy gets older. But it just, it's not quite the guy. They got to find. They got to find an identity player, a player that when I think of Philly, I think of him. Well, well, and they don't look, have that guy. Obviously, obviously, they have CJ Sapong. He's hurt too. I don't think he's on, I don't think he's the guy you'd be trusting either. I mean, obviously, no. former rookie of the year, but he's trying to he's trying to rehabilitate his career a little bit in Philadelphia. I mean, until Bunbury shows that you can find a different role for yourself. I mean, and in they're, this they're still relying on Connor Casey. He came in and made a difference for them in this game, but they're still relying on Connor Casey. Kind of shows. By the way, you. Brian Carroll still on the on a bench on the bench on this team. If you had to get, how old is Brian Carroll? Uh, sixty three. Now he's like thirty four, thirty five. I think he's thirty three. I this, yeah. that was younger than I thought. I thought for sure he was. Oh, like he's been around forever. Range. Been around forever. And I and I, I know some people out there, and I, I don't hate on Brian Carroll quite this much. No, I love me some Brian Carroll. But but I know people out there who will tell you that, that Brian Carroll is sort of the the essence of what MLS was and what it should no longer be. And I'm not going to completely disagree with that because Brian Carroll is uh, he's a pretty milk toast, middle of the road, done hey, do a lot. He's got rings, man. He's oh, got rings. I, he wins wherever he goes, except for Philadelphia, obviously. Um, all right, let me look over. We've got a couple of, just a couple more minutes here. Let me look over the rest of these results. What else stands out for you? DC United and the Red Bulls play to a 2-2 draw. Does that, I mean, uh, you know, the little I'm surprised to see Bill Hamid cough up that ball at the end. Yeah. I, was, I was really, really bummed by that because I've, I think he's been maybe the top one, top two keepers in the league so far this season. And uh, I, I hated to see that right before, like, what it's going to be like. You're a lot of talk about him going to Europe, <clears throat> um, U.S. national team call up. Hopefully he slugs that off because I think he's been really good this season and last season. Uh, let's see. Houston 3 nothing over Montreal. It's a bit of a goal explosion for. Houston, Montreal's got to have a little bit of a hangover. They're coming off that, yeah. yeah. Uh, the champion, uh, Champions League final berth, which we didn't give any time away. Away, by the way, like in, in Costa Rica. 
Right, but I mean, well, obviously they had to hold on by the skin of their teeth to get through. They ended up going through on a way goal tiebreaker. Now they're going to face Club America, who who completely ripped Herediano apart to make it into the final. First leg is in uh, is at the Azteca. Second leg will be in Montreal, and they're going to sell that place out. There are going to be 50,000 people in Montreal at the Olympic Stadium for that game. That's great. I don't think I'd give them much of a, much of a chance, but God damn it, give uh, Frankie Colpas. What do you think about America just doing work? America did work. I know, I know. Uh, Frankie Klopas is doing work, too. I mean, to, to get them where they are. They, to lose Map and then lose Porter. Like, you lose these little talismans along the way, and they still perform. Yeah. Every different guy, like McEnery, okay, like, good for Jack Mack, man. I'm, I'm stoked for Then they bring in uh, Kenny Cooper now. I'm not sure whether that's going to do the mix, bringing uh-huh. Kenny Cooper in. But, uh, I mean, right now, they need this another sh- option up top. I mean, right. it, you can't trust McInerney all season long. Uh, the only thing I missed so far is San Jose beating the Vancouver Whitecaps. So I, I would call that a, That's a big a, win. A touch of an upset only because Vancouver's been really good, but they, they were on the road in San Jose. This is still MLS, so give, uh, give the Quakes a bit of credit. I mean, new teams, new stadiums always do well. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, you know, it's Sana Nayasi was the goal, which is uh, a little bit of a surprise, too. Because he's the one to keep my man Tommy Thompson off the lineup. By the way, I know every I know. time Nyasi does something good, I hate it because that keeps Tommy Thompson on the bench. Yeah, we we did have a couple of. Uh, can Philly make a deal to get Tommy Thompson, and then that can be the guy I like on Philly. Philadelphia. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I like that too much. I'm not sure I like that. How about this? RSL sells Luis Gill and brings Tommy Thompson to RSL. That's where he needs to be. Okay, yeah, okay, maybe. But I, 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 well, Luis Gill needs to make sure he's getting legitimate playing time wherever yeah. he is. I want, I want to see these guys play, but I understand sometimes these coaches are a little hesitant to give the keys to the car. If you're Jason Christ, yeah. who do you start, Luke Moholand or Luis Gill? I, I I don't if if you're Jason Christ or Jeff Kassar. Oh yeah, if you I'm I met Jeff Kassar. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, Luke Mulholland, he dies. That's the legit one. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. You, Luke Mulholland gets you results. I know. That's, and that's the, that's the problem. And again, maybe Luis Gill does need to leave RSL. I don't know if that's coming up. Or, and We're just throwing that out there. All right. We, we got to wrap this up. We're running out of time. Anything else on your mind before we get going here? Anything? I just read that the first four episodes of Game of Thrones accidentally got leaked onto the internet. Oh, so you got a link for me then, right? It's a torrent. Uh, I, I'll take what I, Wait a second. Am I allowed to say that? Am I getting myself in trouble? Right, hey, I say you say what you want to say, you, son. You do, <laughs> you do whatever you need to do to, uh, yeah. you know. You, you, if someone's going to show some. Oh, by the way, boobs are death. Oh, that's right. Somebody put that out there. Uh, you said establishing shots of boobs. I like that. I think uh, there's a. It opens on a sliding dolly shot across a room, and somewhere in that room is a boob. I'm going death. I think somebody. There, there's going to be some sort of altercation to set the stage. This is going to be a bloody year. I think it's going to be a bloody, bloody year. Uh, and yeah, when the song of the ice and the fire come together, we'll see what happens. They make beautiful music together. Little sparks. Little There's spark your torrent there. right there, baby. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. That's completely illegal stuff. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Mikkel Morsen and Paulson Diskere. Eddie, what have you done for me lately? Get to the chopper! Goonies never say die! It's John Brooks! It's John Brooks! Duh and duh, duh and or hello. Michael fucking Arasco Fiscal!
J. Rodius. <laughs>